Welcome to the Speak In Flow podcast. Let's unleash your leadership voice. Listen in to the untold stories of high-performing leaders where they will reveal their golden takeaways to help you become fearless communicators and fast-track your career. Join us for the journey. Hello. Today, we have an amazing guest. I'm so thrilled to have Alice Shakina with Shakina Mediation and Arbitration. Alice is a dear friend. I've known her for many, many years, and she just has great energy. And that's why I'm so excited to have her on the show. She's a mediator. So she mediates a ton of things, personal injury, divorce mediation, family mediation, And she also has a negotiations academy where she teaches us critical negotiation skills. She's a board on many things. And so I'm gonna gonna miss something, Alice, because you do so much. So go ahead and tell us, Alice, what are some of the things that you're involved with and also some fun things that you do? Sure, thanks for having me, Melinda. I'm super excited to be here. Um, In terms of some of the boards I'm on, I was uh, most recently a vice president of the Peninsula Conflict uh, Resolution Center board. I'm currently on the board for the Academy of Professional Family Mediators. And I'm also on the executive committee for the ADR section for Alameda County Bar Association. So those are Mm -hmm. just some of the things that I'm volunteering my time for. Mm -hmm. And what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? I like to go hiking. I mm-hmm. love to travel. So I love doing both domestic and yeah. international travels. So I take trips. My n- n- upcoming trip is to Japan with my family. Oh, um, that's awesome. And on a daily basis, I like to binge watch on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me about a show that you watch, right? I mean, sometimes we just want to mi- watch mindless things. And so, yeah, it's good. We need to just do that. We work real hard. And so why might, might as well watch some of these shows. There's some good ones out there. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And I wanted to bring you on as one of my first interviewees on the show, because I just know that you're filled with so much like experience and wisdom. You mediated, you you've heard a lot of different conversations, a lot of different conflict. And I've always wanted to ask. So my audience is, are primarily heart-centered leaders. They are leaders that do the right thing. They're leaders that want to make an impact, want to make a difference. They want to lead with heart. And yet sometimes we are communicating, negotiating with people that may just want to win. They may not, in our minds, do the right thing. They just want to step over people and they will do whatever it takes to win. And so for me, I want to equip all of us who want to do the right thing to be able to handle people like that. And so can you share some examples where you've seen, like, what is what are some of the things that people might do to harm us or to try to win? Like, what are some common things that you see? I would say that the most common thing that I see in negotiations while I am the mediator is someone trying to bully someone else. So they might mm-hmm. say, hey, yeah, if you don't if you don't settle with me today, we can just go to court because I'm going to win in court. So go ahead, go ahead and leave leave this mediation. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they might be bluffing, but they're definitely yeah. bullying the other person. And so and what do you notice the other person doing? Do you see? People get nervous because they're not yeah. really sure if the other person is bluffing or not. So then they yeah. get really nervous. Even an experienced professional might start to question themselves if the mm-hmm. other side is like, okay, that's fine. We can just go to trial. That's okay. See you later. With that kind of comment coming at you, you, you might start to question yourself and doubt yourself as to mm-hmm. 
do I have all the facts? Is there something I'm mm-hmm. missing? Because I feel like we should be able to settle this. We shouldn't mm-hmm. have to go to trial and fight, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so unfortunate because like that actually, so that tactic may have worked in that instant because we're starting to doubt ourselves. And yes. so people might know that I'm going to bully this person in this instant just to get what I want. Yes. That is how people come. So if you are faced with someone who's being a bully, mm-hmm. or if you know that you're going to go into an, a negotiation with someone who might bully you, the mm-hmm. antidote to that is preparation and education. So you want to prepare mm-hmm. yourself. You want to make sure you have all the information and knowledge that you need. Because what happens if someone's bullying you and you didn't do your homework, now you have holes in your knowledge and you're going to think like, are they right or are they wrong? But if you do your homework, at least you'll be like, you know what? They're bullying me, but I already did my research and I know where I stand and I know that I have leverage. And Mm -hmm. so you can call their bluff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, so what are some of the things that we can do? Like if he says, I'm going to take you to court. I'll see you in trial. What are some, what, what would you say? What would you say back if you know that, hey, he's just calling your bluff? So number one, you need to make sure that you stay grounded. So yeah. if someone is bullying you, you need to do a, a check on your body to say like, yeah. am I am I feeling frustrated? Am I feeling stressed out? You know, what am I feeling? Am I feeling angry, right? Mm-hmm. So you probably should do a self-awareness check mm-hmm. to figure out how you're feeling in that moment. If you're feeling anything negative, you should also mm-hmm. just know that your negotiation skills in your mind, that's all getting shut down. Like the doors are getting locked, 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 mm-hmm. locked, locked. So just know that. So even if you think, well, I'm going to go ahead and negotiate. If you're feeling something and getting triggered, you should know, okay, I need to like reground myself because you do not have access to all of your negotiation tools. Right. Okay. So it's really important to know this. Then what you want to do is maybe take some deep breaths. I teach people to do the four, five, and six. You inhale for four seconds, you hold for five seconds, and you exhale for six. And do that a couple of times. You can even excuse yourself and say, hey, I need to go to the restroom. I'm, I'm, you know, if you're online, you can say, somebody's at the door. I'll be right back. And then you leave, mm-hmm. do some deep breathing, and reground yourself because then you'll mm-hmm. have access to all of your negotiation tools again. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then when you come back to the conversation, you need to bring all the knowledge that you have so that you can call their bluff. You can say, well, Melinda, that's actually not true. You know, what I, what I know is X, Y, and Z. And this Mm -hmm. is what's proving that, you know, this is not true, or you may not have as strong of a case as you think you do. And so why don't we sit down and try to come up with a solution that works for both of us? And so you Mm -hmm. really want to try to bring that person over to your side of the table, not so that you're on the same side to agree, but that you're on the same side to problem solve. What if they're still angry? If they are angry, then what you want to do is use this mirroring tactic that um, I speak about frequently in my other talks where Mm -hmm. you say, okay, Melinda, this is what I'm hearing you say. I'm hearing you say, you feel like you have a stronger case because of X, Y, and Z. I'm hearing you say that you're okay going to court or whatever it is, you know, if if it's not a litigated case, they might say, this is what I'm hearing you say and repeat it all back. Mm -hmm. And then the person will feel like they're heard and acknowledged by you. Mm -hmm. And then that will bring the temperature down. Mm -hmm. And then you can re-engage with them 
where both of you are feeling more neutral. Mm-hmm. And so when you're repeating back what they're saying and really like acknowledging, acknowledging what they've heard, that's so difficult sometimes, right? Because especially if they're saying something that's bullying me, I wouldn't want to repeat back what that person just said, because that, that I don't want to say it, you know, that's hurtful. So why would I want to do that? But the part of what we want to do with repeating back what they're saying is to neutralize their anger by acknowledging what they've just said. So you feel like you have a strong case against me. What I hear you saying. Yes. Right. And so you've seen that neutralize people's anger. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you can take people. The other thing too, is you want to, you know, say to them what it is that you're noticing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I made a call with someone recently where, um, you know, I said, hi, I'm the mediator and your spouse asked me to talk to you about potential to mediate. And mm-hmm. immediately there was a barrage of anger and yelling saying like, mm-hmm. I don't trust my soon to be ex and who are you? And there's no way that I can trust you if he's calling you. And, you know, and it was just on and off for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is I made sure that I kept myself grounded. I made sure right. I didn't take any of that personally. And I also made sure that I was reading into like, what is the emotion behind what's happening, right? And so the next thing I said was, it sounds like you've had a really rough time with your ex. It sounds like you don't trust him. And it sounds like, you know, it's very frustrating that he spent a lot of time researching and finding a mediator when he hasn't spent any time researching and finding schools for your children. Mm -hmm. So I'm mirroring back as well as labeling what's going on. Mm -hmm. And immediately that anger disappeared. And it turned into like a lot of tears because mm-hmm. there was a built up frustration. And mm-hmm. once the tears came that I could speak a little bit more heart to heart mm-hmm. to say like, look, I get that this has been very frustrating. I get that this is just making so angry. Mm-hmm. And also mediation can help you get through this because you'll have more clarity on your situation. Whereas you haven't mm-hmm. had any clarity thus far. And suddenly mm-hmm. I had someone on my side. Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. she went from being like who are you I don't trust you to please help me right right isn't that interesting where people when they're coming at us and they're angry it may not be the anger it feels like oh gosh this is like I did something wrong and I'm the one at fault and when they're angry they you know it could be that they're projecting something else yes and we can easily, read that. Yeah. 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 Because if and, you can tap into the thing that they're actually feeling, mm-hmm. you're going to suddenly open up all the communication channels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And saying and, and empathizing with that part of them. Yes. But then it's so hard when we're not grounded ourselves. Yes. When we when we are automatically go into contraction or we don't know what to say, we freeze. And so yes. that is why, yeah, the grounding and keeping neutral breathing is important. And people might underestimate that, but I think it's just really the box breathing. And and I, I, I teach my clients wiggling your toes or even just shooting your hand. Because if you're in the, in the conference room underneath the table, you could wiggle your toes or shoot your hands to the floor and have your fingers pointed and imagine all of the fear and the nerves just getting shot down into the ground allow that, you know, the ground to absorb all the nerves 
and then so you you can start to get grounded and think more clearly because many of the time yeah many of the times right the people coming at us the anger is their own fear they're they're fearful that they might be losing something right right yeah and you know if they're if they're still angry you want to start talking about where is the commonality like is it helpful and beneficial for both of you to actually come to an agreement and Mm -hmm. if that is true then you can start from there if you have Mm -hmm. no other commonality except we need to get to an agreement then you start from there so we need to get to agreement is different from a com- finding commonality. If you feel like you can't find any commonality, uh-huh, but you both right. want to get to an agreement, that there is already a commonality. The fact that you uh, both want to get to an agreement. Uh, and then start from there. Yeah. We 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 do need to just, we just want to agree. Yes. We don't know how we're going to get there. Yes. Yes, correct. But at least we found something that we yes. can agree on. That's awesome. Yes. Right? Exactly. It, that's huge. That's huge. And a lot of times it, the basic thing of just finding that commonality, I think that it just it, it just sets the tone for the relationship or the communication. Here's another good tip for yeah. you and your listeners. Yeah. So if yeah. you find yourself in a place where you're like, we can't agree at all. Here's a very good exercise. What I would suggest is that each side write up an agreement that you think the other side would agree to. Something Mm. that you can live with, but you think it will lure the other side in. Mm -hmm. And if both parties do a good job of it, then ideally you will now have two acceptable solutions. Right. 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 So if you feel like, oh, my gosh, we've been fighting. Maybe, you know, one person says, I want my kid to go to this one school. The other person says, I want my kid to go to this other school. Then the exercise is write up some kind of a solution that you think the other side will accept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once you're both through with that, then you exchange offers. And then you can discuss the two offers. And generally, that will bring both of you closer to an agreement. Yeah, because more often than not, we're swimming in what we want. Yes. We're only like looking at what we want. And we're really not uh, writing down everything the other person wants. Correct. And then, and then, so then we're just both sitting in our own little ponds. <laughs> being demanding. <laughs> and then about, being demanding. This, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So now we're, you know, we're merging, we're finding the commonalities and we're also uh, in hopes that we can move on and have more peace in the relationship, finding the commonalities together. Yes. I've had situations where I mediated and there were, there was no solution. I gave them this exercise and then they suddenly had two viable solutions. And so let's say we are the ones being bullied. May at least does it help if we just do it for the other side? And if the other, because maybe the other person doesn't want to do it. If we just do that exercise for ourselves. I think what's, about the other. yes, I think everybody should be thinking about what the other side wants for sure. Yeah. You need to come up yeah. like, and sometimes you have to use your imaginations and sometimes you can ask for a meeting to find out what it is the other side wants. It depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. In some situations, you can discover that by asking questions. And mm-hmm. in some situations, you don't have that ability. And so you have to just use your imagination, but you should definitely prepare for all your negotiations by thinking about what do they want in addition to what do you want? Right, right. Finding the commonality. 
finding the common ground. And what piece of advice would you give the listeners for negotiations? What is one key tip or piece of advice? I would say that you need to prepare, but even more than that, I would say grab a good friend Mm -hmm. and practice. So yeah. let's say you and I are friends, Melinda. Well, we are, but let's say I call yeah. you and I say, hey, Melinda, um, I have a job offer and I'm going to have a conversation with them. So I would give you the instructions for your role. I might say, you're the recruiter. This is the amount of money that you're going to offer me. And so I give you the information and then mm-hmm. spend like the next 10 to 15 minutes just role playing what that mm-hmm. conversation might look like. And I might even instruct you, hey, Melinda, make it really difficult. Tell tell me that you can't negotiate the salary or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Give the other person their entirety of the role and then practice it. Because when you are nervous and you're in, in like in the actual negotiation mm-hmm. in real life, if mm-hmm. this is the first time that you're going to be saying these words, it's the first mm-hmm. time you're making that offer, there's a high likelihood that you're going to mess up. Because mm-hmm. you haven't practiced. It's kind of like doing a play and someone says, hey, I'm going to do this play. I'm going to improvise mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you practice and practice and practice, when you say the sentence in real life, you already said it the other mm-hmm. day in practice. And so it's going to roll off your tongue. It's going to feel more natural to you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel more confident. The times mm-hmm. that your confidence starts to shake is when you're nervous, whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever you're doing, if nerves come in, you have to be that much more prepared. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going into a negotiation and you're nervous and you haven't practiced, mm-hmm. you're not going to do as well as mm-hmm. if you practice and then you have nerves and you go in because now you're like, okay, I'm kind of on autopilot. I'm very nervous. Right. I'm on autopilot, but at right. least you practiced. Right. Because you practiced and all the nerves came out hopefully in the practice session. Yes. <laughs> and yes. you work through it. Yes. And you also feel a little bit more prepared because your prepared. partner said all of these things that like, well, what about this or what about that? And you had to come right. up with all of those things while you're in the practice session. So now you have it in your back pocket. And when right. you go into the real thing, you can just pull out those answers because you rehearsed it already. And this is why I love your negotiations academy. Tell us about that. So yes, thank you, Melinda. So I am very passionate about my Negotiation Academy. I have small group sessions, those eight people or fewer, and we meet for eight weeks once a week. And you Mm -hmm. come in and you share the things that you're struggling with, and Mm -hmm. then we just dive right in and we start practicing it. And a lot of people might say, well, I don't want to take it because role play is really nerve wracking and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. If that is you, this class is for you. This class is for people who are like not used to role-playing because you can't learn to skate on a skateboard unless you get on the skateboard. So you can't learn to be a good negotiator by listening to me talking. You have to get in there and do it. Yeah, really. And that's what we do in the classes, right? There's a lot of role-playing and scenarios. You bring your real-life scenarios. So if you have a really important discussion, you bring it to the class, you role-play it, and you have the other person also uh, counter- act and counter um, contradict what you're saying. And so you're going to come up with different scenarios to try to overcome the rejection or the resistance and asking the right question. And, and you're doing it with the guidance of Alice, right? So Alice is going to tell you, Hey, you, you know, this is, could be better. Or these are some things that you can ask that might make your, your statement or your position more powerful. And so I mean, I learned a lot in the class. And so that's why I think it's everybody needs to take that class. Negotiation is a part of our life. Anytime you are dealing with people, 
and interactions and conversations, which is every day, uh, you have an, um, an opportunity to, to make it better, to, to improve your relationships through negotiations. Absolutely. And so it's an important skill. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. And you're one Alex. of my instructors. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So that's why you got to join and uh, join the class. We're going to put your negotiations Academy, the link to sign up in the chat or in the, the um, podcast interview, there's going to be a comment link. And so you can click on the link to look for more details on Alice's negotiations Academy. There's classes every single month. And so come, come participate and do the role play. And Alice, is there something you want to close off with? Um, I just want to like remind everyone that every single conversation you have where you need to get on the same page with someone is a negotiation. Mm -hmm. And also, are you actually getting everything that you deserve? Because if yeah. you're not, you need to come talk to me because yeah. I can help enrich your life and help you get a lot more than you're currently getting in your life. Yes, yes, we're probably not getting everything that we want because us as these heart-centered leaders are putting everybody else first. Yes. We're just not asking we're because we want everybody else to benefit before us. And so here is your opportunity to really think through, are you getting everything that you want? And if you're not, yes, talk to Alice. Thanks for so having me, question. Yes. I have one more question. What foods are you going to eat in Japan? Like, what are you looking forward to eating? I mean, I love food. And so I want to, I don't get a chance to go overseas to many different countries, not right now, especially. So what are some of the, like the delicious cuisine? I mean, obviously Japanese food, but what is the specific things? Like, so, so you're going to live meals. vicariously through me, right? I am. <laughs> <laughs> so in um, Osaka, it is one of the Osaka delights. It's called Okonomiyaki, and you can get it here in the Bay Area, but not too many places. It's mm. basically like a vegetable pancake, and it's got scallions oh. and meat and like all sorts of delicious things. And on top of it, they put like Okonomiyaki sauce mixed with a Japanese mayo mixed with bonito flakes and the nori, which is the seed. Oh, my gosh. Food. So we're going to eat that. So I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That sounds great. I feel like I can feel my mouth salivating. <laughs> it sounds awesome. Thank you so much, Alice, for being on the show. And I really appreciate your time, your expertise, your wisdom, and also your energy. And everyone, take advantage of connecting with Alice. Thanks, Melinda. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for joining the conversation today. Are you curious on how you measure up with your ability to speak and flow? Come grab my free self-assessment at speakinflow.com forward slash assessment. This assessment only takes a couple minutes to fill out. You will get your results within five minutes. See how you measure up with your ability to speak and flow and an unshakable confidence. Take the assessment, click on the link in the comments and I'll see you on the other side.